up, East High? Welcome back to the pod, East High. Hanging out in the in the pod. We're uh we're caterpillars in a pod becoming butterfly. I don't know. Welcome back. This is a podcast. This is Wildcat Minute, where we talk about high school musical one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler, and I I, I should go. <laughs> we're the amateur nerds. Amateur is the strong word there. <laughs> Anyway, what are we talking about this minute, Condra? Today we're talking about minute 63, (laughs) which starts out with Gabriella singing and ends with Gabriella singing When There Was Me and You, which is the title of the song that she's singing during this minute. Really? Yeah. Do you want me to do do that stuff first? Um, No, um, maybe. I don't know. Um, So we... We, at the beginning or the ending of the last minute, she said, it's funny when, and then we were like, this doesn't sound funny. <laughs> this yeah. sounds sad. And indeed it is. This is the big sad song. So Gabriella starts singing um, the song When There Was Me and You, which was written and produced by Jamie Houston and Vanessa Hudgen sings, obviously. Well, I guess not obviously because uh, Troy does not, is not sung by um, <laughs> Zach Efron. So Jamie Houston also did the soundtrack for Monsters University. He does this, some songs. Um, he does some songs for Wreck It Ralph. Songs for Camp Rock Two. Songs well, for Rage- some of those are movies that have songs in them. Some of those are movies that are just normal movies. So like. For Wreck-It Ralph, for example, he does, like, Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph and Sugar Rush, the two lyrics. Oh, I see. Topical songs. Camp Rock 2, I'm sure he's doing um, some of the kind of songs that Demi Lovato and, and crew are singing. Mm. If he only does, I knew um, what the plot of Camp Rock 2 was. He does this uh, <laughs> Here I Am, um, which I believe was the final jam winning song, which was not Demi Lovato's song, but I believe that was the f- winning song. He also does um, songs for all three High School Musical movies and High School Musical, the musical, the series. Whoa. And he does um, Can't Stop the World in Sky High. Cool. Uh, some Cheetah Girls. He he seems to be. So he had re- he had really hit his groove with Disney. Yeah. At this point in his career. Yeah. He, I mean, he had also been in like he did um like one of his early ones was the um, Rugrats in Paris. So okay, he's done a big range, but I think yeah. He, I mean, the majority of his stuff is Disney credits. So that is yeah. So the song when there was me and you, which she does say in this minute, lucky yeah. us. Yeah, it's one of those kind of refrains in the song, like a phrase in a song um, that feels incomplete, but like intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah. Because she feels incomplete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of the incompleteness of the phrase of the musical phrase emphasizes the yearning of the character. Yeah. And also, this is the first time we've seen anyone truly sing alone. So all the other. So while there were may have been like, Other than the auditions, which do you want to call those singing? (laughs) Eh. It's hard to believe. That I couldn't sneeze. But if you think about we have like what I've been looking for, uh, get your head in the game, stick to the status quo. There may be solos in each of those songs, but they're still sung in a company. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember all the songs. There were there were scenes when Troy and Gabriella were practicing singing alone in the bathroom and in the weird hallway. But those weren't like song yeah. the way this is like song. 
Those aren't on the soundtrack. Although Troy had his little moment in the middle of Get Your Head in the Game. True, but I that's assault like You're right, yeah. It's it's like it's a, a solo. This yeah. whole song's a solo. Indeed. Like solo a Star Wars story. Or I could sing solo, then I could sing high. I suppose. Um is that a is that a commentary the musical reference? Indeed it is. It'd be funny if it'd be funny if one. Chewbacca was in this minute though. Yeah, that'd be I mean I suppose in Kash how is it Kash- it's Kazukian? How do you pronounce like the the You can say Kashik or Kazook if you're referring to the planet no, uh, that the Wookiees come the, from. Yeah, but their language. Oh. Would uh, be I think it's I think it's Sherwook. Is it Sherwook? Yeah. This isn't okay. Star Wars well, minute though. This is Wildcat minute. I mean potentially he could be a, a fantastic virtuoso in in Sherwood. Uh, that's what I was going to say is have we ever heard Chewbacca sing? No, but I imagine it would kind of be like um um the the gurgling oh, Gershwin from it? the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for catching me there. I, I knew was exactly like, what you were talking I about. Just <laughs> Which is funny cuz it's, well, it's from the, the same episode. It's from the the yeah. Star Wars episode Mark of Hamill. the Muppet show. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever made yeah. the connection that it sounds like Chewbacca. Is that like an intentional joke? I don't know. So Gabriella's So saying. Gabriella's saying, okay, so she starts out, she's in the science classroom. She's looking out the window. And it's funny because she literally says, it's funny when you're looking from the outside. And you're like, oh, I get it. Because she's, she's metaphorically from the outside, but also she's on the inside looking at everyone on the outside. There's a little um, irony there. And she's standing here and wants to be over there, <laughs> which reminded me of like that near far joke from um, is that Mitch Hedberg that does the near far um, joke? Well, near near far is a, is is a joke referring to Sesame Street. Um, that yeah. we, we are familiar with the Frank Caliendo bit because uh, he's doing a, he's doing is. a Yoda impression. That's what it is. Sorry, or a Grover. I don't remember. Grover. They're both they're uh, they're yeah. both Frank Oz. <laughs> yeah. So Gabriella referring to herself, like looking on the outside, wanting to participate, maybe not in the pep rally itself, but the camaraderie with Troy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more like she sees Troy and she's like, I want to be with him. I want him to be with me. I don't want him to be like with all these basketball boys. But at the same time, is that could it also... So I was reading some like commentary on a, the lyrics on one of the lyric websites I was on and someone was speculating like, oh, it also suggests her desire to fit in and do- she doesn't have a place in the school yet. Like she's resisted being part of Scholastic Decathlon and she's kind of involved in theater, but she's not accepted in theater. And like if Troy has just turned her away, she's outside from the concept of East High, which also you would guess the the pep rally and the basketball boys represent this like broader concept of this high school community as they're kind of the central element to it and she is very far removed from it and of course this is all emphasized by the fact that she's in the school alone the lights are down there's no one else in the school it's totally empty well we don't know that yet we don't know that until she leaves all right well she leaves the room now all of a sudden she's walking through the hallway we get this tracking shot empty ghost town. Yeah, we get this tracking shot of her kind of walking towards the camera. The camera's like slowly moving back. And we get the st- we we get the beginning of a string of Disney clichés. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's kind of referring to like I thought he was my fairy tale. Some. Why did I believe that? Uh, why did I let myself believe miracles could happen? I thought you were my fairy tale, my dream when I'm not sleeping. A wish upon a wish upon a star that's coming. The true. wish upon a star so is like the, the one that's really driving it home. <laughs> it's like on the nose, yeah. Because miracle, I would even say like Pinocchio. They use the, the phrase miraculous and um, miracle. Well, I think and Disney Pinocchio. also produced the movie Miracle about the hockey team. They did, yes, yeah. But like, I think people are more probably more likely to think of um, something like Pinocchio. Or- yeah, well, that's what that's what Wish Upon a Star comes from, though. So you can't double dip Pinocchio's Condra. All right. Well, dream when I'm not sleeping. Dream is a wish your heart makes Cinderella. Fairy tale. I would say Sleeping Beauty is probably like their their most fairy tale fairy tale. There's Snow White. Like, they're yeah, but Snow White is still dark in a way in that fairy that, tales like, are also dark. Yeah, but there's something about Sleeping Beauty that like it became it's the icon of the company. It is their ultimate fairy tale in a lot of ways. They they heck they made two additional movies spin off to make the villain seem less bad, like Maleficent and Maleficent: Mistress of Darkness. Like both of which were not terrible. I don't. First one. I don't think either. I don't think the existence of Maleficent emphasizes people's love for. Um, Sleeping Beauty. I think it's a good character no, design with the spiky head. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily people's love for Sleeping Beauty, but more the company's hyperfixation. Like this was Walt's. Like while Snow White was his first like feature length animated feature, and he cared a lot for this. There was something about Sleeping Beauty that was very different for him, and he like it was. It was tied to Disneyland, and yeah. like they put Sleeping Beauty's castle in the park four years before the movie even came out. Yeah, I, I I mean, I would say that Sleeping Beauty, from my perspective, is like the quintessential kind of fairy tale, like Disney fairy tale. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's like the most prominent or like the best. It just means it's the most stereotypical or standard. That's what I'm I'm trying to put. All right, so, so you're saying the cliches from this song are referring to the way that Sleeping Beauty is cliche. Okay. Yes. All right. And then, all right, if we want to go for miracles and we don't want to go Pinocchio, we can say Little Mermaid because she literally, it's, it's a miracle she gets legs. Okay. The end. Her dad convinced her. Well, technically, her it's dad a trick so from Ursula, but okay. Love. No, at the end of the movie, her dad gives her legs. Whoa. And a voice. So that way she has both legs and a voice. Whoa. That's a miracle. And then he puts a rainbow. And then he puts a rainbow over their wedding boat, Whoa. Tyler. Only after Eric stabbed Ursula with a boat. Exactly. Also a miracle. Um, you know what else is miraculous? Vanessa Hudgens' hair. Yes. It is like perfectly curled, perfectly dangling over her shoulders. Her look in this song is so perfect. Yeah. Um, she is so mid to that. She's got the big. Ch- the, I already talked about the. the- Belt. Chunky, chunky belt that's not a belt that's got the fringe coming off of it and then like the very aeropostale sweater sweater shirt thing she's, like she's super but, thin <laughs> like yeah i mean she's yeah young. i mean she's like, a teenager she's so it's like it's okay <laughs> yeah but she's also i think what gets me the most about this is right towards the end um when she's she's saying she confuses her feelings with the truth she looks straight at camera, and it's so 
jarring to me. I was like, whoa, we have a fourth okay, wall break. Okay, I was going to save this more for the next minute. Yeah, the we next, can definitely do the that. The next minute is when she's really staring at camera. Most of this minute, yeah. she, she does a couple she's like Jodie Foster camera stares, which, you know, like Silence of the Lambs has like, like this thing where I think we've talked about it before. It's it's not really advanced film analysis. It's it's pretty basic, but there's there's a lot of shots in, in Silence of the Lambs where Jodie Foster's character, Clarice Starling, is kind of looking directly into camera, but like slightly to the left of it or like like slightly off focus. Whereas the other ca- characters looking at her like Hannibal Lecter will always be looking directly into the camera. And so it kind of creates this effect of like dissonance between the characters because um, the men are always staring at this woman. Gross. But Vanessa Hudgens, at least in this minute, even even the little bit where she kind of looks like she's looking looking at the camera, it's she's also looking past it a little bit. Whereas in the next minute, I think it's a little bit more distinctively fourth wall breaking. Yeah, it's also she's got like, what is it? Oh, it's um Princess Diaries when Queen Clarice is telling Mia how to like look and she says softer, like the face that Anne Hathaway makes in that movie and the face like Vanessa Hudgen makes when she looks at camera are very similar to me. Like she's got like the softer eyes and like it's a softer. She's movie. got yeah. She's like, got a she's good. She's not so intense. She's got a good like whimpering, wilting kind of attitude in this minute, which I think works really mm-hmm. well for the song. And the mm-hmm. next, the next minute, it becomes a little bit more like like anthemy and like I've I've got a better I've got an idea of what this is. For we'll talk. Uh, I've got it in my notes for next minute though. So D- could you tell if but her also- voice was double tracked? It sound it sounds like like there's her main vocal, and then there's like very like kind of quietly in the background. There's like a double tracked thing of like the very like like it's not a harmony. It's there's definitely like an auto tune element to it. I wouldn't say it's a double track because I feel like that would have been then very. I wonder she's in a literal empty hallway. She's obviously not like singing, singing, right? Yeah, she's lip syncing like, in the this... in the moot and like in the filming. Yeah, but I wonder if they were like, okay, she would have be she she is in a hallway. Like, let's give it a slight echo. I I don't know if that was an intentional choice, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, it's an option. I don't know if it's it's the right one, but it's an option to get to. I I didn't notice the double, but over overall, I would say that. It's is it is an excellent vocal performance. Um, Vanessa mm-hmm. Hudgens does oh, she's, is like is a great singer. So yeah, that's yeah, that's she, most of what makes the song works work. Yeah, it, it's a weird like definite pause. Like we're more than halfway through the movie now. We're we're an hour in, and let's give it a, like giving us moody, quieter song. It, it's a definite like vibe change, and it it goes along with. It's been jokes and kind of frivolity. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, serious now. Like Troy messed up. We're not rooting for Troy in the same way we had been. It is weird to think that we're kind of towards the end of the second act of the movie. Mm hmm. Like partially because of the pacing of the podcast. Like it's always weird to kind of feel out these broader beats of the movie. But Mm -hmm. it feels like that it still feels like we're at the beginning of the second act, like plot, like pacing wise, like. I don't really I think we kind of there we probably got lost in the middle with like the stick to the status quo that probably like in the montage yeah, that probably like filled some time. And now it's kind of weird because we are like literally two thirds of the way through the movie. So mm-hmm. 
you know, and, you know, third act, we've got, you know, a climax of some sort. I don't know what's going to happen because I haven't seen the movie, but usually third <laughs> acts are like pretty long. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it, it, usually third acts like climaxes take up their own, their own whole half hour. So I don't know. Yeah. The second act definitely seems like it's coming to an end. Like we've got our conflict now where you were asking before, like what's the conflict supposed to be? It's like, okay, this seems like a bit more of a conflict that's actually relevant to Troy and Gabriella. Yeah, at the same time, it is just the classic, like, romantic comedy misunderstanding. Like, oh, no, they're fighting now for some reason. <laughs> but it's a kid's movie, so they're not used to this in the same way. Yeah, I suppose. It's not like, I'm, I'm just thinking of the wedding singer now when she gets mad at him and then it's like, next scene, she's fine. And it's like, what? <laughs> But I I want to I want to talk about one more thing though before we're done. She is in all right. Every, everyone is at lunch apparently, and that means literally everyone or they're out at this pep rally because the halls are absolutely empty. Yeah. It is like ghost town. Yeah, well, not only are the halls empty, but the, like the lights are out. Like she's in a like a a half lit room. I wonder if it's motion. I mean, motion activated lights. They were, weren't really around back for- then. And also, she's, yeah. she's moving. <laughs> but very slowly, maybe not quick <laughs> she's, enough. She's Drax. <laughs> <laughs> she's, if I yeah. move slowly enough, you still can't see me. <laughs> well, I'm so my workspace now has uh, motion sensor lights. And as long as I don't walk in the very middle of the room, like I can skirt the room and exit it without <laughs> turning the lights on. So. I mean, it's it's possible. I get to have the experience now as a teacher, where um, if if I if the lights are off, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm turning on the lights now, and everyone goes, ah, my eyes. <laughs> they hiss at you. <laughs> Not literally, but figuratively, yes. Anywho, shall we wrap up this minute That's so we can I've talk got. about the? Uh, I'd say this minute is good, and then the next minute, mm, fantastic. Mm. <laughs> okay, iconic. <laughs> um. <laughs> If, if this was a Star Trek, Star Trek episode, um, there would be a to-be-continued line here. Exactly. Anyway, wh- where can people find us on the internet? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us um, what when the last time you walked down a, a dark hallway singing your heart out was. Or you could... <laughs> Tell us your favorite slow song, like, because they're like some classic, like, mid-show slow songs, oh, yeah. like, um, and The Wizard of Oz, we, w- the, the Lion Song. Well, that's a bathroom that song. Is. That's, that's different than a slow song. Okay. I have a feeling, though, for some people, and this is going to be a hot, spicy take, and I don't necessarily say this is for me, because I don't know. Um, I haven't watch this movie in full in a really long time but i feel like this would be some people's bathroom so okay this i i'm i i think you're right um but <laughs> we're in the middle of the signing off <laughs> i know we're wrapping up <laughs> sorry i got distracted all right so we'll, we'll give star- people two days to be mad at us on the internet and then we'll come back to this next oh. <laughs> great Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I talked to him yesterday. He's given guitar lessons, even though he doesn't know how to play guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I've been Kondra. I've been Tyler. And we'll see you next time for some more more 
head banging, um, fierce, strong, independent women action, you can bet on it. TM. 